Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties Too. This episode features one of the three guests who were part of my weekly hour-long NPR show broadcast over the air every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it is broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival. The 8th annual New York City premiere will be October 2023, along with the 5th annual New York Cat Film Festival before traveling the country, supporting local animal welfare groups. This show is about dogs, cats, and other creatures who share the planet with us. Please check out my other Pet Talk podcasts at TracyHotchnerPets.com. I would not be able to bring you this show without the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian. He personally created many styles of litter to make sure that even the fussiest cats would not have out-of-litter box problems, the number one reason people abandon their kitties. Dr. Elsie also created his own brand of cat food called Clean Protein, the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. This show would not be possible without the longtime support from Waruva, the pet food company founded and privately run by David Foreman, who named it after his rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa. Waruva is a quirky name for a company with whimsical names for the dozens of different cans and pouches of cat food they make. But what sets them apart is how serious David is about high-quality nutrition. They were the first pet food company to use human edible ingredients and process them in the same facilities that make human food. Other pet food companies may have copied them over time, but Waruva remains privately owned and run, accountable only to their own high standards, not investors who focus on profits. I was so thrilled to receive in the mail the most charming, beautifully made book called Kitty Language, an illustrated guide to understanding your cat. Because I do think one of the hardest thing for cat lovers and owners to understand is what is their cat telling them with their body as much as can be figured out by humans. And Lily Chin has done the most extraordinary job of thinking through every single bit of your kitty from nose to tail and making marvelous drawings to prove her points, all of which are backed by and an array of cat experts and specialists, not the least of which is my co-host on Cat Chat, Dr. Michael Maria Delgado. Lily, congratulations on this book. It looks like the work of 20 people illustrating it, and it turns out it was just Lily Chin. She wrote it, she illustrated it, and I just can't imagine the amount of work that went into making a drawing of a cat with four different versions of the cat's ears in that moment of walking. How did you how did you ever figure out how to break down the way that a cat moves and walks and the ears and the eyes and the nose and the whiskers? Did you have I don't know five five by three by five cards and did you keep an index? How did you figure out how to how to carve a cat up into many little pieces, so to speak? Um, well, thank you, Tracy. Um, it's Thanks for having me. Um, well, I guess the answer to that question is that I'm just very obsessed with my cats, and I do spend a lot of time looking at them. Thank goodness. And, uh, <laughs> for everyone yes. else's sake. 
Yeah. So um, what has helped a lot is, I mean, when we adopted our cats, I, you know, I wanted to learn learn about cat body language. I wanted to get to know my cats. So not only was I obsessively looking at them, I was reading books, I was watching videos, I was asking questions. And um, and all that has helped me in breaking it down. And, and you know, I love drawing my cats. I love drawing my animals. So, um, yeah, I put all that together. And, and so well. I mean, I, just any place you open the book, you think, oh, yes, there's something I didn't pay close enough attention to. For example, radar ears. So in each case, you you describe the visual signs of what this body language is, and then you say mm-hmm. what your cat may be feeling or doing. So the idea of radar ears is quite marvelous because you even have arrows, and they're marvelous, cartoon-ish, beautifully colored drawings, but you show that the ears can go 180 degrees or that one ear rotates while the cat is sleeping. That that obviously came from watching closely and thinking, okay, there's another position I have to take a take a take note to that, right? <laughs> yeah, but um, it's also um, scientifically sort of you know discussed already. So I want um, I did a workshop called Animal Facts, which is Animal FACS, and it was actually how to look at animal faces. And I did the the one that was relevant to cats, the Cat Facts Workshop. And that was how I learned that cats have so many muscles in their ears that can move in all directions. And, you know, yeah, so that was training for me. Well, you, as well. That's, I think that's where the specificity comes in in the book and makes it delightful. I mean, anything from a three-year-old child to a 103-year-old person can read the book and get something out of it because it does make us pay closer attention to our cats and pick up the clues that you you first noticed, but then you researched it. So it's not just generally the tail straight up means X. It's there's different kinds of tails straight up and in different situations. And then the rest of the body has to be considered. It, it, it's, there's a lot of intentional looking in what you've done. Yeah. And I think that that's something that it could inspire people to do more themselves. You know, all the people that say, oh, this came out of the blue, the cat hissed out of the blue, the cat scratched or bit or whatever it may be out of the blue, but it wasn't, right? I mean, if they'd been reading the body language, they would have seen it coming. The human would have. Exactly. Yeah. And the signs are quite subtle. And that's why we need to, you know, spend a lot more time observing and also seeing what's happening in the cat's environment because, um, it's very easy for us to project our feelings onto what we think a cat is feeling. And it's very easy for us to also forget that cats are so sensitive. They can hear things that we can't. They can smell things that we That's can't. That's right. Um, they can see things moving from really far away that we may not see. That's right. So they could be responding to things in their environment. and It might not be all about us as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. I was, I was I was looking through the book and enjoying and and affirming, yes, that's true, that is true about the difference of, of a cat's ears being down and the many ways they can be down. And once you begin to study your cat, you may know, you just, just an example, know the difference in ears down. 
So it can be a cat being stressed, and you have this wonderful drawing of a cat stressed, ears flat down, dilated pupils, and head low, crouching and hiding, or just protecting my ears, which is really cute because you show a picture of either <laughs> one cat smacking another or another cat licking the other cat on the top of his head, and the, the, the lick E, as it were, flattens out his ears and sort of protecting them from the from the uh, the onslaught of the other cat's tongue. Or then it shows navigation. Your ears are flat because you're going through a little tunnel or into a, into a small space where you have to sort of squish yourself. I think that what really struck me was, as I was looking through it, hey, wait, there's nothing in here that's like really negative. Cat-on-cat -cat aggression, redirected aggression, uh, even illness. And it's all woven in there with the good stuff. And I thought that was kind of wonderful because so many animal books say, this is your cat happy or your dog. And this is your cat unhappy. As opposed to all these different parts of the cat, the eyes, the ears, the whiskers, the the head tilt, the head uh, carriage, the body shape, the tail, they all go together. It's not just, oh, this is this means bad things are going to happen or have happened. Do you think that that was more how you looked at your own cats to understand their whole being and not just segregate out individual behaviors? Oh, definitely. Um, because the individual behaviors are, for example, the ears. I have a cat, Shimmy, and her ears, are they do a lot of moving. Like, she's a very sensitive cat. And if I was just to look at her ears, I would think she was stressed all yes. the time. And yes. she's not. So I think it's very important to look at the whole body and the context. I think that that's really what the book does. It looks as a cat yeah. as a whole and a cat as an individual, yeah. which are two separate ideas, the whole being, but also two cats that live in the same house together could have similar tail carriage, but it means something different in each cat. But you do need to pay attention to the difference because it is telling you something. It's a form of language. I think that's really what you're getting at with the book. Everything that you see yeah. could give you information. It's the way they're telling. It's their way of telling you. I love yes, the colors. Definitely. I love the pink. I'm, I'm a pink nut, as people might know, <laughs> with the pink streak in the front of my hair. But I I love the combination of it's it was really very designy, and you don't realize it at first until you're really studying the book. Is that the section on scent? The headings are all in this lovely lovely strong pink and then you go to ears and everything's in this lovely kind of fresh green color so as you go to each of the parts of the cat they're different colors the tail is sort of peach colored and the whiskers I'd love to talk about whiskers which are so undervalued by by us and so essential to a cat they're a lovely tangerine color so as you say in the book, a cat's whiskers may be hard for us to see, but they have many functions. I do hope that even though this is a book for adults and very serious cat lovers, it's such a great book for children too, because it teaches children to be aware and sensitive to what an animal's various body postures mean and, and teach them respect. So I'm hoping that, I don't know if a book can be both for grownups and 
children on the shelves. But is that your hope as well? Yeah, I um, when I wrote and illustrated this book, I meant it for adults, but definitely, I mean, I wanted to make it as accessible as possible. So I would hope that it is easy for kids to understand as well, to learn from. Well, it, it comes across that way for sure. So let's talk about whiskers, the section on whiskers, because they really are not appreciated by us. We don't even pay them much mind. I mean, I I had something in the cat Bible that I thought was a great phrase. I didn't invent it. Whisker fatigue, where cats that are forced mm-hmm. to eat their food or even drink their water out of a kind of small bowl, that their sensitive whiskers are smashed up against the inside walls of the bowl, and it's very uncomfortable. So whiskers need to be given more respect, don't they? Definitely. So when I was researching photos to draw from, uh, uh, videos and photos, um, I was quite horrified to learn that people cut their cat's whiskers off. No. I mean, I learned, that, no. I learned this on YouTube. And um, so it kind of made me feel that it's, it's even more important to emphasize what I had no for, idea. I'm so glad you did not mention that here because this book is very upbeat and about yeah. language, not about do this or don't do yeah, that or you yeah, know don't cut yeah. don't oh, cut I... your dog's your your cat's claws off. I mean, obviously, declawing is a horror. Dewhiskering a cat is not that different. I mean, I don't know, the pain may not be as bad, but as you say in this section, the facial whiskers have blood vessels and ne- sensitive nerve endings. That's how when they're in the wild, they pick up vibrations of little mice feet in the field. Yeah, and cats can't see close up. Like they can see um, beyond sort of 12 inches away. So anything close to their face, they rely on their whiskers to know what they're next to, what they're brushing up against. That That is, and I, th- I guess the air currents, you say, is to detect changes in air currents, mm-hmm. but a, a prey that would be passing in front of them, a rodent of some yep. kind, they would pick up the change in the air currents and, and know when and where to pounce. So where did you read this on the dreaded YouTube or where did you say you read it about? Oh, no, I, I was I was actually I was on YouTube looking for videos and I just saw like, I mean, I didn't click on those videos. I just saw the title saying that, you know, I cut off my cat's whiskers or, you know, Wow. <laughs> there were quite a few of those. And I was really horrified and upset by that. Well, you should be, as should anybody else. This is not like, you know, cutting a man's mustache. These are essential, yeah. essential, very feeling, sensitive parts of the cat's face and even of their brain. I mean, they gather so much information from their whiskers. Well, that's interesting because I never knew what I learned. A lot of things in your book that I didn't know, but that they can press their whiskers forwards or backwards, depending oh, yeah. on what they're feeling or doing. I just thought they stuck straight out, frankly. So that was really, <laughs> really interesting. Oh. Yeah. There's, there's there's a documentary, actually there's a clip of it on YouTube, of a cat, um, I think it's a study by Dr. John Bradshaw, where he yes, has he's a, great guy. a toy um, near the cat's face, and there's a close-up video of the cat's face, and you can see those whiskers fanning outwards towards the toy. No kidding. To, to, to know where it is, exactly, because, you know, cats don't have good eyesight up close, so they use their whiskers to see with. And also, 
since whisker fatigue is a thing, because I didn't even invent mm-hmm. it, I just documented it. Yeah. If you if they're eating, it helps them to have a sense of you know where their mouth is and where the the food yeah, that's been offered exactly. is. And you don't want to make them smush their face into a space that then crushes their whiskers. That's an uncomfortable yes, I've heard feeling. That. Yeah. It's like a, an open umbrella, and then you're trying to push it into a space. So. Uh, you've done such a wonderful job with the with the book, Lily. We've run out of time, but Doggy Language was a wonderful book. But I think Kitty Language is even more valuable because we we don't understand as much as we could or should about our cats. Kitty Language, an illustrated guide to understanding your cat. Lily, you've done all the other cats a great service, and I'm sure your cats feel very proud of you and very happy and and not the least bit humble at having been documented in many of these drawings. They would like more treats. Yes, more treats at all times. Thank you for the book. Thank you for being here, and congratulations on a beautifully done job. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks for listening. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible. I hope you will try their products because they support my mission to entertain you with valuable information and advice. This show is supported by Wonderside, a company founded and run by a woman entrepreneur who wanted to find an effective natural way to keep fleas, ticks, and other pests away from her pets and home instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. Wonderside makes plant-powered products to keep parasites at bay without dousing your pets and property with ingredients that are harmful to them and the planet. The show is also underwritten by Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two dedicated women who take human edible, ethically sourced ingredients and gently cook dog food that is then frozen in pouches and shipped right to your door. They founded and run their own company and have been doing that for 14 years and answer only to their own high standards without interference from venture capital investors. I'm also grateful to Earth Animal also privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, where they create holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. Earth Animal makes a dazzling array of healing products for dogs and cats, as well as the innovative Dog Chew No Hide and the hybrid dog food Wisdom, which is sometimes all that my picky Blue Weimarano Maisie will eat.